I've been thinking about Mario a lot lately. And like, you know, when he like goes into the Mushroom Kingdom and he's like small and then he gets the mushroom to make him big. Yeah. Is everything just yeah. like super huge? Like is Princess Peach like I mean, he's like a giant? <laughs> until he gets the mushroom? That's actually my headcanon now. That's uh <laughs> I imagine. I just can't think of a more disappointing video game character to come out of my television. Like <laughs> Mario. Can you imagine like Sonic or Link or Master Chief? It's like not nah, yeah. Like Mario came out. I'd be mad. I'd be mad. I'd be like, man, just go back. But what if you had like a leaky pipe or something? Then I'd be grateful. When has Mario ever fixed a pipe though? <laughs> Mario is a practical hero. He's not the yeah. hero we need, but the hero we deserve. He's a pragmatic hero. He's so pragmatic that he'd be like, I just I just a sing. All lives are matter. Oh no, 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 no. Back to the office. Uh, oh god someone yeah. someone get mario off twitter so we meet again you little bastard i'm not gonna drink you hello and welcome to full metal analyst a podcast covering each and every episode of full metal alchemist brotherhood hosted by two writers who are real and one who is a soulless puppet you guys can guess which one it's me. I'm Michelle, and as always, <laughs> we have here with me Mike, who spoke up first. So, Mike, are you a puppet? Am I? <laughs> I'm just staring at uh, myself in the mirror right now. Just staring. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have here with us, Arthur. How are you doing, Arthur? Doing okay. Feeling real. Today we have two very special guests. They're good friends, and they're here with us to discuss episode nine. Please welcome to the show EJ Tanner and Tyler Hoog. How are you guys hey, doing? What's hey, up? How you Happy to be here. Glad yeah. to hang out. Ready to talk. Good to have you guys. Indeed. Let's get started by asking the question we ask every single one of our guests. So, EJ, when did you start watching Full Metal Alchemist? Man, I remember watching it back in the um, was it? It wasn't. Was it Toonami? It was. Yeah, Toonami. it was Toonami. Yeah, back in back when it first started airing on Toonami. And Tyler, when was the first time you watched Full Metal Alchemist? So I'm actually fairly new to anime in general and i just started watching about three years ago because e and i were working on a project together and so i just started watching as much anime and one of my friends who's really into anime said you have to check out full metal and i did and i watched i actually watched full metal alchemist first uh and then i watched Brother my recommendations just nice. just to see yeah as someone who's seen the 2003 anime let me ask you why i feel like it's a easier entry point especially for someone new to anime i feel like brotherhood puts a lot on you quick <laughs> the og is more like kind of holds your hand a little bit more and is a little bit more character centric whereas i feel like brotherhood is they're trying to get the story going yeah and, and i completely agree like obviously not spoiling anything the ending of Brotherhood, I think, is far superior to the ending of the 2003 anime. Brotherhood, and it's like one of my notes on this episode, is Brotherhood had a lot of the zaniness that just isn't around as much in the 2003 anime, and the, and I prefer that. And things like the Nina episode happen Ooh. over like two or three episodes in the 2003 series so it just it, it builds and it gives you more time and i like having time it's like the difference oh. between avatar the last airbender and legend of korra 
They're both mm-hmm. great, and I love them both. But you just get more time in the Avatar universe in Last Airbender than you do in Korra. I, I get the choice of Brotherhood speeding along the plot because they're kind of expecting most people to like have experience. Not maybe not expect people to have experience with the 2003 version, but it's kind of just like, all right, we know we kind of know that already. We've experienced that. We've been there. Let's go to new places. I wonder if it's also because the manga wasn't finished. So they were like, take your time. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thrones, even though we don't know what that means yet. <laughs> but as always, we begin every episode with a very quick recap, 21-second improvised recap. And as always, we decide who's going to do the recap by a roll of the dice. And if it lands on one, it's me. If it lands on two, it's Arthur. If it lands on three, it's Mike. If it lands on four, since you guys are partners, it'll be either EJ or Tyler. So you can share one die space. Okay. We'll, we'll simplify Great. things. Love All it. right, let's roll the dice. Four. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yes. They can do it together. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll test, so, them, test their like, partnership. <laughs> when you reach 21 seconds, I'll tell you to stop, but you have 21 seconds to do a recap of what happened in this episode. You two okay. ready? Yeah. Yes. All right, here we go. One. Two, three, and go. So okay, like, so there's, just got beat Ed up. is having this existential crisis because he doesn't um, want he he has to ask Alfred a question, but he hasn't been able to ask Al the question yet. And then like, and then, wait, and, yeah, and then no, and then it, cause, no, because Ed, Ed is his arm is fucked up. Yes. Yeah, all right, that's twenty one uh, seconds. <laughs> wait. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> and that's why, the, you know, just as some writing advice for the people at home, and that's why you have a partner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happened in this episode is very concentrated. Basically, Ed is in the hospital. Al has that question from the last episode, am I real? And Al spends the entire episode moping around, and then at the end, he confronts Ed, and they have a fight. Um... This episode is really divided in the middle between like funny moments in the first half, and then the second half is just 100% serious. And I find that so interesting. It's like the first half is completely funny. It's like, oh my God, we're having so much fun. And Winry's here, and she goes and meets Huge's family and all that. But then the second half, it's like Al, Al just throws the question in Ed's face, and Ed gets so pissed off, he walks away, and then they have a fight. It's like a character episode, you know? It's yeah. Like- yeah. Well, I feel like yeah. I need a little bit of aftermath to uh, kind of like uh, process what happened at the True. Totally. But also, a aftermath, a- aftermath to process their life together and what it means, right? I mean, that's the whole reason they have the physical fight is because it's Ed's way of showing Al that, look, dude, like this happens all the time. We fight and we might not always agree but when it comes down to it think about all of our all of these memories we shared can they not be real i love the fight scene i thought that was so good yeah i was thinking how memories are are very abstract when you think of them just just alone like just trying to think of random memories they're very they can feel like are they real is that something i'm creating is that a, a real thing but as soon as they start fighting you real you, you see how it's it's like a narrative of their of their relationship like the memories take us to where we are today. We fight now because we fought then. Therefore, you are real, you know? Memories without context are like... Oh, damn, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, no. That that's it, it's like the original X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh X-Men 1, X-Men 2, X-Men Last Stand, but the whole Wolverine issue of having these memories and not knowing how they correlate to who you are. That that's exactly what you're talking about when it comes to memories without context and how right. totally tear a person. But picking back up on something Tyler, you said in the beginning of our conversation, like you mentioned, a lot of this episode has a lot of more zany moments. But I feel like even the zany moments work to ostracize Al. Like, it feels like he's literally in his own world. Like, I the love the milk. Having, yeah, the characters are having fun here on the side. They're having all these weird expressions. They're turning into all these chibi uh, body yeah. shapes. And Al is just like walking into dark corridors. And looking at little robot dolls, <laughs> and he's Super literally young. in his own world. But I, yeah, and I love how the milk is like like a joke and stuff. But it is it's what triggers Al's outburst. Like yeah. Al can't even drink milk. Yeah, yeah it, it it all ties together really nicely. And this, all of those chibi moments are possible because they have bodies, right? The the thing that the one thing that Al doesn't have that makes him question his entire existence. Oh my god, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> uh, to those in our audience who don't know, chibi is a word for whenever the characters turn into those cutesy shapes, like they get simplified and they make exaggerated emotions. Big puffy cheeks. Little dot eyes. I like it when they do the little dot eyes. There's a moment in the beginning of this episode, Maria Ross has a whole speech where she's like, you have to trust the adults. And it's kind of setting up that this entire episode is about communication. Uh, Al isn't communicating what he's thinking throughout the entire episode until the outburst at the end. Ed isn't telling Winry what's going on with his life. And Hugh just has this whole speech where he's like, you know what? Men be men. Like sometimes (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes men don't like to talk, but you just gotta be there when they need you. (laughs) You know? Because you're a woman. Fuck you weird, Hugh. That's a weird way to say. It's a little toxic. Yeah, and then well, he is right. a bunch of six year olds with a gun. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, he, he yes. pulled out the strap. It was like, hey, I wrote don't. that down. It's like, and he's like, he's such, he's so touchy feely. So it was like weird that he said that. Yeah, but it sounds like I, a, I feel like him and Armstrong have a good conversation about men expressing feelings. Well, Armstrong's taking his shirt off, or <laughs> yeah, Armstrong is not afraid to express his emotions. I think at one point he just takes his shirt off and I felt like out of con- like it, it was almost like, oh, come on. You didn't need to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically his character. It was when he was yelling at Ed. Oh, it's, like, yeah. it's when he's yelling yeah. at Ed and he gets the rose background. and He's like, you have to drink your milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the funniest episode so far, uh, in my opinion. There's that gag when Winry is super sad and she thinks she's the one who put Ed on the hospital because she of her child partnership. She is. She, a- well, she did put Ed in, in the hospital, kind of. She, yeah. And then she charges him full price for her neglect. That is criminal. Ooh. It's not. She did Reporting her to the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> Look. <laughs> maybe uh, she wait, I, okay, I do have something to say about, about this. Because Okay, we've been talking about Winry increasing the percentage of chrome in Ed's, like, arm a few episodes mm-hmm. ago when she rebuilt yep. it. And we were like, why Why would she do that? Uh, she's like, it'll make it less strong, but it won't rust. And it's like, rust is not the problem for Ed. <laughs> <laughs> 
here's my new theory, my like really unfounded theory. It's that Winry is upset. Like she's so upset that like Ed is fighting and she's like worried about him that she made his arm weaker so that he wouldn't fight. Mm. Huh? Interesting. She's sabotaging him. I like well, that. My completely Maybe. unfounded theory. Well, she doesn't she doesn't want him to fight that much. Or, right, because she's worried about him just like she was worried about her parents. She's purposely sabotaging him so she, he always has to come back to her. That's No, yeah. that's evil. You guys are you guys that's are going to say like, EJ, the counter say. I'm just saying, great minds. Winry is a great person. She's so nice. What you guys are defaming her that's this one she's she's a person right she's a human we all make presumably e, is this a because she loves him or is this a planned obsolescence is this I mean, like she, you got to get a new iphone in six months homie like you got to come <laughs> back and pay well, people are I complicated mean, it could be both it yeah. could be both. yeah it could be this weird you know they live in a society that may also be capitalistic right and Maybe. so there's this like this over overall function of how society works and exchanging of goods and repairing and such. But it just so happens to also be her childhood friend. And maybe she has feelings with for him. He's kind of the boy next door situation. They've always like known each other and he always needs her and she never wants to not be needed. I don't know. Yeah, we do live in a society. Sorry, <laughs> you know we do see more automail users later on in the show there's a couple coming up in like a few episodes there's like not really they don't really go into detail into how automail commercials work like like how that's a good question when 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 you said when you mentioned plan obsolescence i felt like there's a point there because winry lives in the middle of nowhere she must have like what four regular customers two of which are ed and al and the dog the dog and the dog and like an old person who's going to kick off soon so (laughs) i would love to see their advertisements i I would i want it to be like ambulance chaser lawyer advertising mesothelioma (laughs) commercial but for (laughs) automail have you already lost an arm and a leg well how about our prices where you where where you won't lose your other arm and leg (laughs) (laughs) or if you we can cut all of them off and make them all automail yeah (laughs) We're crazy. <laughs> like, come on down to arms, arms, arms. <laughs> also, what we are talking about right now is uh, the exploitation of disabled people. No, we're, like, that's, yeah. we're like, hey, you, uh, you want to be on. able to walk? Come on now. You want to get out of that wheelchair? Just uh, come on down <laughs> to Frank's Auto Arms. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> out of all the things that get so explored over the course of the series, Auto Mail is the one that gets the least like alchemy you could probably write a book on how much they talk about alchemy in the show but automail it's just kind of it's kind of like the wands in harry potter you know like you hear a lot about them but no one ever really sits down and starts being like well why wands you know like where did they come from like who was the first person to come up with this i think you're completely right like it's i think it's one of those things you know how they say like every everything gets one like they get one cheat they get one easy way out they get one thing they don't have to explain they were just like auto mail. We're gonna make an entire magic system. You're gonna accept the fact that we have fully working metal arms because yeah. auto mail. And they just yeah. called it a Tuesday. It is yeah. it is like just so far beyond any other technology they have. <laughs> it's like in that weird space, right? Because 
with the, like with the technology in general because like they have trains and guns but like their guns have magazines it's not like they have it's not like they're loading muskets or a revolver That's like true. they're just like unloading clips and they have assault rifles and i mean it's like naruto with like fucking uh communication ear devices yeah (laughs) out of nowhere they don't have tvs they're just resting on the genre like on the steampunk genre like we've all seen that before like Mm -hmm. but you know so we sort of just say okay i get it i totally get it if you lose an arm we can there's something that can be done if you have the money i feel like this is a perfect opportunity for us to talk about this but correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a character in the 2003 anime who becomes a, an automail cyborg? I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I haven't watched it in two years. Yeah, oh so, God. you know, this isn't my podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah. And that way, <laughs> you look, if it's wrong, you just look wrong for not doing your research. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. like, oh, guess- he has a full metal alchemist in podcast. He doesn't even know everything about it. <laughs> what, um, well, we, we were both right. Because, yes, there is a character called Frank Archer. Woo. He has he becomes an auto male cyborg and he looks ridiculous. Like he looks and to our listeners, you can check our Twitter, FM Analysts, to see a picture of this character we're talking about, Frank Archer, because oh my god, what the hell is this? Love it. Oh, I do remember oh, this. Oh man. I do remember him. Looks uncomfortable. That's gotta be hard to take yeah, on a date. Really yeah, mi- and he calls like a spider or something. I feel like you really gotta commit your life to his path of living because yeah man. they really could have made the size of his arms and legs like appropriate yeah they gave him too many joints i think like who who approved that who was like we you know how humans have looked for like all of time Just throw it out the window make him a spider <laughs> he's got a long long some long elbows on him is that a little gun in his mouth too yeah look at that look at the bottom yeah. right he's got a gun it looks like his elbow is a a machine gun. It looks like there's a magazine and his elbow oh. is going to flip around and be a machine gun. His elbow is a gun, you're right. And he has two elbows. My question is, he's like sliced in half and then they had to reconstruct his other half with automail. They could have reconstructed his other half the same way, couldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that'd be boring. Why, didn't they, why aren't there like two of him? I mean, how's he going to jerk off with that arm? <laughs> Bro, I don't look. think he has the equipment to jerk off. off. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. He doesn't have... Oh, no. I mean, like, maybe half his testicles are automatic. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Can you imagine just like... It's like a so- it's like a hot dog cut in half. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but the other half is metal. Oh, no. The other, you know... <laughs> You know what? Let's talk about. What, what, what I was say, is this what you expected when you invited us on the show? Can you transmute, <laughs> transmute genitals without a transmutation circle? Not unless you have something of equal value exchange. It's like, oh, oh, hey guys, we all committed to boo here. What did you do it for? Oh, I was trying to bring back my mom. Oh, I was trying to bring back my brother. I tried to make my dick bigger. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate taboo. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, dicks are worthless, so I got nothing back. <laughs> so I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there is a big scene in this episode that comes at the end that actually kind of took me by surprise, which is uh, Scar has a dream. Uh, he has a dream of the past. And, you know, thinking about it, I was like, this scene doesn't really fit in this episode. But then I kind of realized that, like, we just had this whole moment about brothers. 
And having Scar have this little moment where he's just like, yeah, I had a family, you know, all that. It's just kind of like slowly setting up that this guy isn't as bad as he seems. Like we already had that. It's starting to set him up as like, like this dark parallel to Ed, like him talking about his arm. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like, I think this is the first, and this won't spoil anything, but you do get a glimpse of a troubled family past that Scar is trying to deal with. I believe Arthur just said parallels Ed's story and Al's story about a a troubled family past and trying to figure out a way to atone or like so far. And I caught that for the first time rewatching this episode. And I was like, ah, cool. There's like a slum outside the city of Ishvalan refugees. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they mentioned that before, but that's the first time I caught it. No, they didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the first time it, it appears in the show. Yeah, like we're getting more hints that like this society is uh bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> typical, typical typical colonialism. So now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Mikey at the Bat. The moment in the episode where Mikey guesses what happens in the next episode based solely on the episode title. Before we do that, we have to acknowledge that Mike got absolutely everything right about this episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from the episode title yeah he he said this episode will address the melodrama of al suffering with the idea that he doesn't really exist they're gonna meet huge's family and nobody will get turned into a chimera i will find out scar is alive that's what he said that's incredible (laughs) okay that is wait i don't know if we're allowed to say fuck damn we are we are (laughs) don't worry don't worry squarespace isn't sponsoring this yet so i think i'd still say fuck (laughs) maybe one day because i'm excited to hear what he says yes mike next episode is called separate destinations so what's gonna happen separate destinations huh i don't think that al and ed are gonna split up but i do see that we're definitely starting to follow two different plots you know we're following scar and i think that it's all gonna be like a journey to two different locations that somehow have something to do with each other and I know I, you want me to be more specific, but I don't know where they could go. So I'm going to say uh, that Al and Ed are going to go to Ishvala. That's the only location I know. And Scar is going to go somewhere else. Boom. That, that's, my, that's it. All right. That's your guess. We'll see what happens next time. That's a really bad one. (laughs) You know, you got a tough episode because this one's wrapped up so nicely that like it doesn't have any, it's not like snowballing into the next episode. It's kind of like, okay, we've tied up a little bow here. So where do we go next? So I get it. You got a tough one. It's almost like a mid-season hiatus, right? Like, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Well, I did my best. All right, so now it's time for us to grade the episode. So we're each going to give it a grade from zero to five stars. And I'm going to get started. I'm going to give this one a three stars. Again, I think it was solid and it was strong, but we're grading these on the curve of Full Metal Alchemist, and the show has been riding a high ever since the Show Tucker episode. And I'm waiting to see it go on another high, you know, like things raise up again. It does feel like the calm before the storm. I thought this was a very strong episode. I'm going to give it a, a strong four. We just got some great character stuff, some great Alan Ed brother stuff, some great Winry stuff. It, it was a thinker, but I liked it. I also will be giving it a four 
because I think that it could have easily been very boring to have, like you could easily say like, oh, well, Al is dealing with a problem that isn't real, right? But they made it real. They made that problem become an interesting emotional journey for the two of them. And I, and I, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to go with a three. I think it's a solid three. I think the character moments are really good and we do need them, but I feel like it didn't necessarily push the story forward like I enjoy. That's just my personal taste. Um, But I think it was also a necessary episode, especially after all the action of the previous episode. I'll I'll go three since we're being so nice today. Um, I I agree (laughs) with E. I think think it's an eight or a ten minute episode shoehorned into a 22 minute episode. But as we discussed earlier, the zany isn't always my favorite aspect of Full Metal when there's so many. So that, that, that's my that's my take. Less zany, and uh, and I would give it rated higher. I somehow agreed with everything everyone said. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't defend. I don't know. <laughs> I, I get it. I totally get that. Yeah. Now it's time for what did we learn? And today we learned. Don't bring a gun to a birthday party. Well said. And drink your milk. Yeah. Or don't complain about drinking milk when your brother is an empty suit of armor who can't drink milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be considerate. Milk could potentially kill him. Yeah, he could be lactose intolerant. And if you want to find out other things you can bring to a birthday party that are not weapons, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's FM Analyst on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from our listeners. EJ, Tyler, do you folks have anything you want to plug? How can we follow you on Twitter? And if you- follow me at EJ the Writer on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at Tyler Writes Shit on Twitter. Or you can follow me at Tyler Writes Stuff on Instagram because we have to be respectful to my young cousins there that'll be all for now and until next time on full metal analyst stay frosty everyone peace bye bye (laughs) anyone want to hook us up with writing jobs that are listening and also hook up any of our boys here. That would be yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, we got samples. Yeah. Right? We all got samples. <laughs> Please hire us. Please hire us. <laughs> Please. We'll stop doing the podcast. We're, we heading, into a, we're heading into a recession. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Life is rosy. The future is great. Wear a mask. <laughs>